0: KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Time now for our weekly look at the economy as we check in with local economist David Fiorenza. We've got a lot of jobs numbers to plow through, a lot of good news, so let's not waste any time. Get right to it. So we have a lot to talk about, but I think uh, jobs numbers, the first Friday of the month is what everybody has their eyes on. And, boy, we got some good news uh, today. 531,000 jobs were added last month. And uh, I want to talk about some revisions on the next question, but let's just talk about uh, the, the numbers for October. That's a really good number.
1: It is, Matt. It may be chilly outside, but I think it's actually warmed up when it comes to the labor market. We have had, obviously, bumps along the way. But during this pandemic, to have those kinds of numbers, I am happy about that.
0: Unemployment rate down to 4.6 percent. And also, the job gains, which were eh in August and September, uh, we saw some significant upward movement as they readjusted, correct?
1: Correct, correct. You know, September of 2019, we had an unemployment rate of 3.5%. I'm not saying we're almost there, but we're almost there because you take a look at it and what it was last year. And it was, uh, you know, pretty bad, but now it's very good. And I think the job creation was really hot in June and July, as you and I spoke about the fact that people were gearing up for internships and working part-time jobs and working in the different tourism areas. And then to have these other numbers go up again, to redo them in an increase. I think this is a good, a good sign. And it's also showing, Well, we talked about the supply and demand of wages, too, as well.
0: A lot of bars and restaurants added workers in October. That's where a lot of the or a a good chunk of the gains came from. And those obviously have been areas that have been hit hard and it's been kind of a roller coaster. So good to see, because maybe that means people are finally to a point where they're they're vaccinated, they're feeling safe and they're going out on a more consistent basis.
1: Oh, they are. They are feeling a little bit better about uh, themselves, about the economy. Uh, It may be tough for companies. We know that, but it's good for workers because I think they're getting paid a little higher. They're unlikely to be laid off. We talked about the Halloween season being very, very robust. And it was. Uh, We had some pretty good weather in October in the northeast portion of the country. That helps as well. Uh, Some of those crazy storms that you and I experienced over the summer while we were doing our podcasts, hopefully some of those are gone too as well. And that helps out a lot too. If people can get out and go to the bars, restaurants, entertainment, sports has started up in almost every field from hockey to to, um, basketball and maybe college basketball real soon.
0: And we talk about a lot of focus on the numbers we saw today, but also... First-time jobless claims uh, were down to another pandemic low, 269000 You kind of put that on top of or in conjunction with the numbers we got today. uh, That paints a a really uh, solid, encouraging picture.
1: It does, Matt. And for the month of September, if we take a look at unemployment rates in 389 metropolitan areas, unemployment rates went down from the prior year in 386 of those. Two are up and one was unchanged. So from a year ago, if we take a look at the at the big picture, yes, unemployment rates uh, are coming down. People are going back to work. As you said, they're getting vaccinated. Uh, they're starting to feel their way through going back to into the cities to work maybe a couple of days a week. It's not going to be five days a week on Zoom. Companies are starting to open up a lot more. And that's a good thing.
0: We've also talked a lot about wages going up, and that's something we've seen. We saw in the numbers released today, I think 4-point-something, around 4%. That continues to be good news. Just kind of talk about what we're seeing on the wage front. Like I said, I think it's good news almost across the board when workers are getting more.
1: Well, they are getting more, and it's almost in line with inflation being around 5.2, 5.4. I'd be very upset if, our, if the wages were around a 1% increase over a 12-month period. They're almost keeping up with inflation. Now, obviously, some parts of inflation, such as food and energy prices, are going to be higher. But to have the hourly wages grow by 4.6%, in a 12-month period that ended September 30th, I'm happy about that.
0: I want to ask you about wages because I think a lot of people, when you think about wages, you think about people making more at Walmart, at Target, uh, at the grocery store. How do you think this affects kind of uh, small businesses that have to compete for the the higher wages? Is this a big burden on them, or is it something – and I just think of it in terms of having to pay more – to employees on top of having to deal with a pandemic the last year and a half. Are we paying enough attention to maybe the burden on the small
1: stores? That's a great question and a great thing to look at right now in some of your smaller towns, uh, restaurants, uh, bars, the, the specialty shops you have. Um, and I think people are going to start paying a little bit higher wage because they want to retain employees. It actually costs a lot to go out and get employees. So they're not going to lay off people at $15 an hour and bring somebody in at, let's say, 10 an hour because it's going to be hard to get that, train that person. Uh, it is difficult for the small businesses. Some of them are going to pass that along to the consumers. Uh, some people, not everybody, but some people have already bought into the fact that, oh, wages are up a little bit. I'm willing to pay a little bit more for my meal. I'm paying a little bit more for my clothing. Not everyone's at that because they don't have that um, luxury of having the higher wages that you would see with the high wage earners in in executive positions, let's say.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the Federal Reserve, and it sounds like uh, they are going to be tapering For people like me who try to sound smart when they read stuff like this, explain what tapering is and what we're seeing here, what the the Fed's planning to do.
1: Sure. So in, when they say taper off, that means they're going to cut basically their buying of treasury bills and 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 all the different overnight securities that are out there in the marketplace. If they stop buying those and making those as much available, you're going to see interest rates go up a little bit, which is going to basically cool down inflation for next year, hopefully starting in the first quarter. Uh, now, that may not be good for first time homebuyers and buyers who uh, are trying to have affordable housing because they would like to have interest. Interest rates around 2.8 and 2.9 for their first-time mortgages. So the tapering is that instead of us fueling the fire, let's say, with uh, buying more and more securities, so we can flood the market with all that, they're starting to taper up, I mean, not buy as much for the marketplace, which means it's like an hourglass. They'll turn the hourglass over and there won't be as much money filtered back into the economy. But with that being said, I mean, we don't see – a big boom when it comes to uh commercial properties and and strip malls being built and more stadiums being built so it's about time to maybe taper off um and not buy as much the economy will still grow it's not going to grow at five or six or seven percent but if it grows two to three percent i'll be happy with that
0: and talking of the federal reserve uh we were talking a little bit off the air and you're starting to hear some murmurs uh Fed Chair Jerome Powell, his term is up in February of 2022. Uh, He was appointed by former President Donald Trump. It's going to be interesting here because as a layman, it seems to me that Powell has done just about as good a job as you can do of being a steady presence through a pandemic and an economic crisis. You know, he seems to have pulled all the levers that we've seen before uh, when we've had financial uh, alarm could you see maybe President Joe Biden going in a different direction, or do you think he would reappoint? Well kind of what's your
1: feel here? Well, uh, Jerome Powell visited the White House yesterday, and I didn't see my invitation to the White House. Matt, maybe you have that. <laughs> Come the end of February, I think he'll he'll stay. I think we need that consistency. Uh, we need that. We don't need any more of a rocky road for this Fed chairperson. He had a rocky uh, start, a cool reception during the Trump administration. And I think maybe he's going to reappoint him. That's where I'm looking towards.
0: What are you seeing in the housing market these days?
1: Well, there, there are signs of the housing market cooling uh, down a little bit, and that's okay. And I'll reiterate my concern uh, for the first-time home buyers, the affordability of homes. Uh, and I'm seeing the fact that maybe the, the housing market cooling down is good, but it's not as good as it could be for affordability uh, prices are going to level off a little bit for some places, but the markets that are hot are going to stay hot throughout the country. And even in the Northeast portion of the United States, you know, your, your tourism places are still hot. The Jersey shore, uh, maybe not so much as the Pocono, but the Jersey shore, the Delaware beaches, that property is still hot. It's probably overpriced. Uh, people don't want me to say that who own that kind of property, but I think um, interest rates are going to go up a little bit next year, and we're going to see more of a cooling off period. And let's see, hopefully, we can get some of these um, commercial properties back in business. Instead of being rented 20 or 30%, let's get them back up to the 50% range. And
0: my last question, and I'm hitting this with you cold, so my apologies, but it just jumped into my head. We had the New Jersey governor's election, which was a lot closer than people thought. Phil Murphy, it looks like, has eked out a second term. But Republicans made a lot of gains. I mean, it's still going to be a Democratic trifecta. My point is... As someone who lives in New Jersey, I can say taxes are always an issue. And these Republican gains, I think a lot of it was built on wanting to lower taxes. Do you think we will see in New Jersey a push to to lower specifically property taxes, which are are almost always astronomically high in the Garden State? Do you think this election could lead to some uh, at least attempts at some serious tax
1: reform in New Jersey? It could. The tax reform would have to be uh, completed statewide. And if I was advising Republicans, I would tell them to run for local office, for local school board, for local city councils and municipalities. Uh, They're the ones who really control a a big bulk of the school tax compared to the state. The state. Uh, sure, they have funding requirements, but the state is collecting sales tax and income tax and then filtering it back down to the local municipalities. I've consulted a lot of people in Pennsylvania and told them, as a, as a governor, you don't talk about taxes in that regard and say, I can lower your school taxes. Who really lowers your school taxes? That's the school boards that can do that. Uh, governor Wolf tried to lower the school taxes here by, by eliminating school taxes, but then he wanted to, to offset it. He wanted to increase sales tax and income tax. And then he caught a lot of uh, backlash on that, and he had to push back. I I think um, you're you're going to see some movement on taxes. I don't think there's going to be any changes when it comes to the sales or income tax. Uh, but I think. You have to start at the local level when it comes to school taxes. You know, and some places in Jersey, real quick, you go over to like Millville and places like that. It's so spread out. uh, It's not as concentrated. Well, no wonder why taxes are high. You have a home and then all of a sudden 10 acres or a quarter mile down the road is another home. (laughs) So there's there's not a lot of, um, I guess, that that density that you would see in some of the Pennsylvania towns.